This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. We back, baby. Let's get it. We out here. Finally, finally, I told you I was going to get this laptop situation straight. And I did. I got it. I got the laptop. Got the new laptop. We rocking and rolling. Praise God. Let's get it. Oh, man. I still got to get the info and data out of my old laptop. I will do that eventually. But since I'm a master procrastinator, who knows? It might be the summertime before I actually get that done. <laughs> it might be next year. <laughs> you already know. But I'm back. And you know that. Man. Hopefully we can, uh, in 2021, Happy New Year. Hopefully I can uh, really turn this up a notch when it comes to this podcast. Well, not hopefully. We will get some more interviews. Hopefully get on some podcast networks and maybe do some collabs and let's see what happens let's grow this audience and let's see what happens easy what so anyway die eagles die on the road to misery die eagles die y'all are trash no more touchdown hit them low hit them high and watch my eagles die, die, eagles die, on the road to misery. E-A-G-L-E-S, eagles, you trash. Man, come on, man. This is probably one of the worst, this is probably the worst the NFC East has ever been. And it's so bad. That the whole season, I was saying the Eagles could still win the NFC East. And they had the talent to do so with all the injuries, with all the underperforming, with all the coaching failure. They still had a chance to win the division because these teams were not that good. And also, the Eagles were in every game, pretty much. Even the Packers game where they lost 30-16, to they cut it to 7. They cut the lead to 7 in the fourth quarter. The Cowboys game, you lost by 20, right? It was 30 to 17 in the fourth quarter. The defense tightened up. Finally, they tightened up. Two red zone turnovers from Mr. Jalen Hurts. Now, one of them turnovers was not really a turnover. The rest were loafing. But two red zone turnovers. If they score on both of them tries, we're having an entirely different conversation. And remember, I said, I said as early as October. That the way things are going, that we could have a winner-take-all game in Philly between the Eagles and Washington football team. And they was going to flex that. I didn't say they was going to flex it, but it, they were going to flex They were going to flex that for sure if it was winner-take-all. And they, they flexed it anyway with the division on the line. I said it was going to be a winner-take-all game. One play away, a few plays away from a winner-take-all against Washington and I said the Eagles were definitely going to win. And I'm looking at this Washington team. They go up 10-0. I was thinking, oh, it's a wrap. Oh, they're, they're going to blow out the Eagles. It's over. This is what I'm looking for, you know. This is what I want. Because the Eagles can go in the offseason, 
They can get a higher draft pick. We could, you know, Washington get us out of there with a statement win. They win the division uh, easily. And then the Eagles start coming back. And they, and God damn it, they take the lead. This game went exactly how I thought it'd go. Except they scored a little more touchdowns than I thought. But this game went exactly how I thought it'd go. I knew Jalen Hurst would struggle throwing the ball against his secondary and this pass rush. On the flip side, I knew that Washington's offense was so bad that they were never going to pull away from the Eagles. And this is and this is where Goddard sitting out, Cox sitting out, Deshaun Jackson sitting out. Oh my God, bro! He had so many people not playing. How was this game close in the fourth quarter? How is it seventeen to fourteen late in the fourth quarter? And then Doug Peterson, listen. I pretty much wanted us to lose. I was actively rooting against the Eagles. But the closer this game got, the less time we had, and it's still a three-point game, I was like, you know what? We might as well win this thing. And then this man puts in Nate Sudfeld. I will say I was a little less surprised than a lot of people because I had been hearing reports, or I've been reading reports, that Nate Sudfeld was going to play. And Kai, Real Mama Eagle on Twitter, she was even joking about it. So uh, we saw it coming, but it's just the way it happened. It just threw us off, and it's okay. We we knew our team was a joke. It was a bad look. It's a lot of outrage, especially from Giants fans. They they crying. Why are you expecting your division rival, who've only won four games and has been trapped most of the season? Why would you expect them to win a game for you, especially with all those players out and playing these backups? Oh, we had him. But but then again, with all that being said, still almost beat Washington sitcom. How in the world are they in this game? How in the world? And Jalen only threw for 70 yards. But he ran for two touchdowns. Now, what I noticed on offense, though, we barely could run the ball. But what I noticed was Jalen Hurts got out of a lot of trouble with his legs. And Chase Young was coming after him, and he was able to outrun Chase Young. Listen, he was giving him problems just by being mobile. And you know what? I'll give 106.7 the fan credit. People on there were saying that Jalen Hurts is a mobile quarterback that could give Washington trouble, and he did. And he didn't even really have to throw the ball. And to be honest, he would have threw for more yards if some of them passes were caught. Leading up to the game, a lot of them 106.7 the fan analysts and personalities they were talking about the Eagles defense how it was horrible okay yeah sure but then I was just I would shout back your offense is trash it is trash you don't have a quarterback McLaurin's injured and you have a bunch of average receivers and Logan Thomas who has emerged to be really good that's it that's all you got I'm not gonna lie their offense would be at least mediocre if they get another dynamic receiver, and they get a quarterback. Once they get those two things, or really good tight end to pair with uh, Logan Thomas, they get those things, I think they're really going to be tough to deal with because that defense is for real. Even though the defense is for real, you can still make plays against them. They were making enough plays to win. My goodness, it was 14-10, to 10, right? 17-14. We're on like their five-yard line. We're not getting in the end zone. We draw a play on fourth and goal. We should have kicked the field goal. But freaking, I don't know if it was Hightower or Chris Watkins. They pop open. I don't know. One of the Washington defense linemen was held. Whatever. We got away with it. Hurts. Man in his face. 
Bro, if he make the right throw, it is touchdown. Bro, how on earth did we let Washington sitcom? I'm just watching the game. And I'm like, how do we let this team win the division? They're not even that good. They're, they're okay at best. This is a disappointing, upsetting season. I'm glad it's over. And I'm glad that the Eagles will get that draft pick. Man, the Washington sitcom is just ridiculous. Like, they're a great story how Ron Rivera overcame cancer and uh, the Wayne Haskins saga. They got over that. And Alex Smith with the leg, you know, he's a great story how he, how he came back from life-threatening injury. But, man, and then you had all the extra stuff, too, like the Darius Geist thing, the Cody Latimer thing. Um. <laughs> It's just been crazy. Starting out one and five, then two and seven. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Team trash. But team still trash. I mean, come on, man. Mediocre at best. That's why that's what seven and nine says. And they are mediocre at best. And the only reason this game against Tampa Bay is gonna be close because that defense is for real. And Chase Young, he said, I want Tom. I think he's the type of guy that, you know, he, he means what he say. He say what he means. He means what he say. He walks the walk and talks the talk. I think he's going to get after Tom Brady, and I don't think they're going to be able to block him. They're going to have to double-team Chase Young. He will get his sack. Trust me. But the thing is, at the end of the day, the Buccaneers are a better team, and you have a handicap offense. So you're done. What you better hope is you can run the ball and score at least 20 to 24 points and play really good defense and get after Tom Brady. Basically, watch the Bears and the Buccaneers game. That's basically what Washington has to do to win. They have to play that type of game. Uh, if they don't, take that L. Just take that L. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, the Giants and the Cowboys. I'm so glad the Cowboys got knocked out. I'm looking at that game, and I'm like, where was this team last week against Philly? Maybe that's the team that showed up in the first quarter. After that, I'm like, man, what the hell? This team is... How did the Eagles lose to that team? I know why. Banged up secondary. Once they tighten up, we was in the game. And then the stupid turnovers. We had three fourth-quarter turnovers against Cowboys. And then the Giants won. You know what, man? I just automatically assumed the Cowboys was going to beat the Giants. Everyone did. And then I thought about it close to kickoff. I was like, wait a minute. The Giants are a solid team, uh, at least defensively. They got a solid defense, and they are in every game, kind of like every NFC team that, well, except maybe the Cowboys. They're in every game because of their defense. I say the Cowboys are in every game, in a lot of games because of their offense. But all the other teams, their defense could keep them in the game. I was like, they definitely ain't the Eagles' defense. At least in the sec, definitely not in the secondary. And then, oh man, Leonard Williams took over the game against the Cowboys. He single-handedly got them to the playoffs. And you know, the rest were a little shaky, but it don't matter. Cowboys lost. I was happy. The Giants all mad that the Eagles lost. You needed the Eagles to win. That's where you messed up. Take that L. You should have won more than six games. Evan Ingram should have caught that pass against Philly in the first game. You had no business uh, choking against the Buccaneers. You had them on the ropes. You should have beat them. 
You had the Rams on the ropes. You should have beat them. Should I continue? I mean, come on, man. You should. You had the Cowboys on the ropes without Dak. Should have beat them. I mean, and you didn't. And you're at home. And you're mad. You big mad. So take that L. And we'll see you next year. Eli Man talking about, that's why we don't like the Eagles. We don't like you either, like Fletcher Cox said. Oh, man, I, I I couldn't stand Eli growing up, man. In high school and college, I really did not like that guy. I mean, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but on the football field, I mean, he's a quarterback, plays for the Giants. I don't like him. And you know what I'm saying? He got two Super Bowls, mostly because of the defense. I will give him credit, though. In both games, he made clutch throws when it was winning time. I'll give him that. But at the end of the day, you're 10-22 and 22 versus the Eagles, including 0-2 in the playoffs. I mean, after you won the first Super Bowl, what happened the next year? You went like 14-2, and two, only to get killed by the Eagles the next two weeks later after the season. What are we doing? What are we doing? Do we have to go there? Oh, my God. Anyway, man, the Eagles, well, let's see where they go from here. I learned from Madden that they have a tough cap situation, really tough. Carson Wentz owed a lot of money. Fletcher Cox getting paid a lot. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, got to pay those guys. Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz. Oh man, I don't even, I don't even see his contract right now. I could look it up, but it's probably a lot. Okay, I knew it was a lot on Madden, so I'm, I'm sure it's a lot, and he could be traded. He could be traded. Anybody could go. And then we're paying Darius Slay. It's gonna be tough, man. It might be a rebuild in Philly. It might be. So stay tuned, man. And I wonder what they're going to do with the number six pick. I say get Devonta Smith, the best player in college football. You got to have him on the Eagles. I mean, him and Jalen Rager are the future. Jeffrey and Jackson are about to retire. It's time. It's their time. Get him or trade up to get um Jamar Chase. If not, take that DB from South Carolina or maybe Patrick Sertan. It looks like from the mock drafts, I see that cornerback from South Carolina. Uh, take him. Maybe take a, a good pass rusher. Whatever. I say take Devonta Smith. I say take Devonta Smith. Because don't take a quarterback. I mean, Zach Smith. Um, No, 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 no. What's his name? Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Mac Jones. I mean, I don't trust any of those guys. After Justin Fields, listen, after after Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, I don't trust any of them guys. Maybe get a quarterback in the late round. I don't think Nate Sudfeld is going to stick around. Not after that performance. That was awful. An interception and a fumble? Trash. You got to go. Well, let's see what happens, man. I say get Devonta Smith because Jamar Chase is going to be gone. Penny Sewell is going to be gone. So you gotta get you gotta get Devonta Smith or whoever the second best receiver is on the board. It's probably gonna be Devonta. You gotta get him, Devonte. Gotta get him. Anyway, what what's next, man? What's so now? It's time for a special edition of the Sooner Schooner. Ha! Kill Florida. 55 to 20. And of course, all the excuses. How they was missing 25 players. But they had most of their defense. And then all these Florida Gator fans that probably would have gave me, probably would have been annoying if they would have won. 
like like a family friend i I guess you could say that uh james uh he's i discovered he was a florida gators fan he made the same excuse uh live sexy new jersey on twitter she's a gators fan she was quiet (laughs) oh scooter magruder is a florida gators fan man y'all just took l's bro y'all died i mean come on okay of course, the Sooners got out to their signature fast start, 17-0. But then they let up a little bit, like they always do, like they've done all season. When Listen, when it was 17-13 and they fumbled or something, I think it was 17-10 and uh, Spencer Rattler fumbled. They had two fumbles. I was like, here we go again. Blowing another 17-point lead. Letting another team get back in the game. Just like the Oklahoma State game. Just like both Iowa State games, just like the Kansas State game, I was like, here we go again. But then they turned up. In the second half, oh, man, they went Super Saiyan, and they did whatever they wanted. This It was a Ramondre Stevenson highlight reel. Marcus Major got into action. We were killing him. My man, um, Seth McGowan was going off. Spencer Rattler running over people in the end zone. And then that defense, that defense, man, was locking stuff down. They made Kyle Trask look so bad, they put in Emory Jones. They benched him. It was like, all right, you're done. You're, you're done. We've seen enough. Shut it down. Go Sooners, man. That was nice. I don't care what y'all say. I don't care about the excuses. None of that. That's going to do well for recruiting, I'm sure. It, it you know, energized the fan base. And then uh, the guys were... were Rapping Malcolm Kelly's uh, freestyle from back in 07. Oh, my God. Let's get it. Boomer sooner. Man, I I can't wait for next year. Oh, man. All these people transferring, though. Like Chandler Morris is transferring. Char- Charleston Rambo's transferring. Damn, who else? Uh, TJ Pletcher, I believe. Man, uh, Tanner Mordecai's gone. He's at SMU. Chandler Morris, he's at TCU. Ooh, boy, you at TCU. You about to get this work. (laughs) You about to get this work. Boy. (laughs) You about to get this work. Just like uh, the kid who transferred to uh, FAU. He came to uh, OU, got that work. Get ready, bro. You going to get it. (laughs) But congrats to Chandler Morris. And same thing with Austin Kendall. Transferred in the conference. Got that work. (laughs) I don't even think he started versus OU. Ah, man. Anyway, man, Boomer Sooner, I'm looking forward to basketball season. Speaking of basketball season, you know, OU isn't doing too bad. I don't know what happened against Xavier. What the hell was that? They got blown out. I'm not even going to watch that game. I could just to to see what what went wrong. What was that? Anyway, they're like 5-2. They just upset West Virginia where they controlled most of the game. I don't know what they were doing coming out the half. They had an 18-point lead at halftime. But West Virginia instantly cut it in half. And it seems like every time OU was going to pull away, West Virginia just kept chopping at that lead. And I was watching the game, and that last minute was forever. It took forever because it's just – West Virginia just kept chopping away, chopping away, getting fouled, getting fouled, scoring baskets, getting fouled. And they just kept prolonging that last minute, and they got within three. But OU held on, 
and they beat the number nine team in the country, and now they got a gauntlet, man. I think this guy, Emoja Gibson, he hit eight threes. Bro, he went off against West Virginia. You got people like that going off. It's over. I mean, of course, you know, you got Brady Manic, and you got, bro, I'm telling you right now, OU basketball, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to watch, and they got a gauntlet. They got Baylor next. They got Kansas. Baylor and Kansas back-to-back, -back, number two and number three. Eventually, they're going to have to play Texas twice. They got Greg Brown, and they just blew out Kansas. I don't think Baylor and Kansas is going to be two and three much longer. But anyway, got to play Baylor, got to play Kansas. Never easy games. Uh, after just playing West Virginia, then you got to play Oklahoma State. They ain't ranked, but they got Cade Cunningham, the number one pick in the draft. That's going to be tough. That's tough. That's tough. <laughs> Man, they got this, man. I, I, I'm i interested in this team. It looked like they play hard and they shoot well. Uh, Brady Manick, Austin Reeves, and the kid number 11. I forgot his name. Oh, my God. How I forget his name. It, it'll come back to me. Don't worry. But he, he nice, too. Uh, he was like a four-star recruit. Man, I'm telling you, man. OU basketball. The whole tourney's in Indy. And I promise you, they're going to show up. That's on God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anyway, what's what's next here? That's it for the Sooner Schooner. Proud of my Sooners. Basketball, football, uh, gymnastics getting started. Love my softball team. They'll start eventually. Let's get it. So the NFL playoffs are set. Uh, not going to spend too long on this. Uh, man. You know, I got to go with the cliche. I think it's going to be Packers and Chiefs. Period. They're the best teams right now. I don't know what can happen. I mean, you got to watch out for the Browns. They could catch fire. I don't know if they got the defense, though, for that, or the pass passing game for that. But watch out for the Titans as always. Watch out for the Ravens. Uh, watch out for the Saints. They still got weapons, and they, I'm sure they're getting healthy at the right time. Watch out for Tampa Bay. If they can get out of Washington, which they should. They should. I will be watching that game. All my attention going to be focused on that game. I'm going to wrap up lift early, and I'm going to be here watching it, ready to roll. Of course, I want to see that defense versus Tom Brady. Of course. That's a hell of a matchup. You got the Colts and the Bills. Man, it, it really looked like the Bills should run away with it, but I, I just have a funny feeling that the Colts won't be a pushover. Watch that game. Watch that. We just all assume the Bills are going to roll them. I, you better watch that game. You better pay attention because the Colts have a very good defense and an experienced quarterback, and they could be trouble. Even in Buffalo in January, they could be trouble. You better watch that game. You better pay attention. I hope the Ravens finally get over the hump against the Titans. Same thing for the Browns against the Steelers. Hope they get over that hump. Oh, man. I can't believe the Browns struggled with Mason Rudolph. The Polk. The little brother quarterback. But, hey, Browns won. They're in the playoffs. Happy for Baker. Kind of sad for Kyler, man. He got hurt and lost their last two games to division rivals. And they, they looked like they were a playoff team. And they it just fell out. The bottom just fell out every year. A team starts off well and then just collapses at the end of the season. Happens all the time. Happened to them. Happened to the 
Las Vegas Raiders. It's a shame. Now they're out of the playoffs. I mean, come on. I'd rather see Arizona in the playoffs, even though Kyler Murray's banged up and they aren't playing well. I'd rather see them in the playoffs than the Bears. But, hey, the Bears are there. They play the Saints. I I just can't see them beating the Saints. I really cannot. I really cannot. They have the defense to stay in the game, but it's Mitch Trubisky. I, I just don't I just can't see it. I, I can't see them winning that game. Uh what what game am I missing? Seattle and LA, the Rams and the Seahawks. I think they split the regular season. So they playing a third time and I expect a really good game. I, I don't think I'm gonna be able to catch it. I'm probably gonna be on the road doing something or, or doing, you know, lift or playing flag football or something. I'm probably not gonna catch it, but I hope I do. Because I think it's going to be a good one. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be very physical, too. And I'm looking forward to it. Yes, sir. But, yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? I'm just glad that uh, football is back. Yes, sir. Uh, NFL playoffs is back. I'm thankful that we made it. CFP, see, I didn't really watch Alabama and Notre Dame. I was on the road. I was doing something. I, all I know is I didn't get to see the game. That's all I know. I think I know what happened. I think I was I was hanging out with the kid, man. I think I was hanging out with my little cousin. Something. All I know is I ain't really get to see the game. I barely saw it. Alabama took care of business. That's all I know. And also, uh, Clemson lost to I, uh, Ohio State. I was kind of shocked. I thought Clemson was the better team, and I thought they was going to handle business. But I, Trey Sermon did whatever he wanted. Justin Fields threw for, like, I don't know, six touchdowns? Uh, Justin Fields. See, when I was watching that game, I was like, why are Ohio State receivers just running free? Why why are they just running free? They're just running free over the top of the safeties, and they're getting these long touchdowns. And I'm just like, what is going on here? And Justin Fields got hurt, and he was still balling. Yeah. See, 22 for 28, 385 yards, six touchdowns. Where was this against Northwestern? Trey Sermon had another 193 yards, former Sooner. Man. And and another thing I noticed about that game was they really got after Trevor Lawrence. He continuously was running for his life, and, and he just had a rough day. He just had a rough day. They really took it to Clemson, and they finally... Uh, exercise that demon and now they get to play Alabama and the thing is though <laughs> Alabama Alabama and Ohio State are one and two in the recruiting rank it's over they might meet again in the title game next year but the thing is though here's the problem though yeah Ohio State got the number two recruiting class but I don't see one quarterback I don't see a quarterback I don't see that big time quarterback I don't see a Caleb Williams I don't see a Bryce uh, Young. Hey, I've seen it before with Ohio State. They have all this talent. They have a mediocre quarterback. Not going to do nothing. I've seen it happen to Ohio State several times. And that's one of the reasons why OU was able to beat them. Because JT Barrett just wasn't wasn't that good. Okay, he was he was good, but he wasn't good enough that day. And he definitely... Ain't as good as Justin Fields or even Dwayne Haskins. And, you know, uh, I'll touch on this real quick. Cincinnati was toe-in-toe and neck-in-neck with Georgia. They had an 11-point lead 
Um, when they had that, I think it was a long run. I was shocked. And they went up 11. I was like, yo, it's over. They won. I don't think they did anything else after that. And Georgia edged them out with a field goal. So I guess Cincinnati was for real. I, I was on the – it was a very lonely bandwagon, but I was on the Cincinnati's overrated and they're not that good. I don't see what the big deal is. They barely beat Tulsa. They barely beat UCF. But nevertheless, they hung in there with Georgia and they could have won. And someone on the radio was like, this team could be a playoff team if they can beat Notre Dame and Indiana next year. Both Indiana and Notre Dame, if they can beat those two, they can be in the playoffs next year. I don't know about that because even if you beat them, you still got to worry about Tulsa and UCF. And they haven't shown that they could, like, dominate those teams yet. So we'll see about that. Uh, Let's talk about these Wizards. The Wizards. Wow. They are 2-5. and It's probably the opposite of 2K because in 2K I started a season and I started out 5-0. and But then I lost to the Timberwolves. But then in real life, the Wizards start 0-5. Then they blast the Timberwolves to get their first win. I lost to the Timberwolves to get my first loss. Then they turn around and beat Brooklyn, the team I said that was going to steamroll the East. But come to find out, they had two blowout wins. And then they've been 1-4 since. They lost to the Grizzlies. They lost to the Hawks. I think they lost somebody else. And then they lost to um and then they just lost to the Wizards. So they took a step back. Now KD is out a week. So it's like, yo, I could have I, I did have a hunch that maybe we should all slow down on the Nets talk until, you know, we see them late in the season and in the playoffs. And now I see it. And they lost Spencer Din Dinwiddie, uh, a key piece off the bench. I mean, the Wizards I'm glad they won that game. That was an exciting finish. And Thomas Bryant is for real. Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook. I mean, the Russell Westbrook hate, it's going to be there regardless. We just got to keep having our, our pieces step up and play hard. And I think the Wizards will be fine. I like this little two-game winning streak. I like how they haven't lost in 2021. And I guess, you know, those who stay patient with the Wizards are – seeing the benefits and i think they're gonna be fine just still we gotta play some defense and they start playing some defense over they're gonna be a playoff team because this team when they're playing well they are very fun to watch when they're not they're frustrated well duh but (laughs) oh man i can't wait man i think they got cleveland soon uh cleveland cleveland had a hot start so, we'll see what happens with the Wizards. I'm just – and we got Rui Hachimura back. We got, we got him back, and he's doing well. I got him on my fantasy team. You already know. Oh, man, let's go Wizards, man. I don't care how much y'all lose, man. Y'all my squad, for real. Anyway, all right, let's get into some top five lists. Inspired by the Lake – the live Lake Shore podcast. I think that's what it is. I don't know, man. They're in the Bracketeers podcast tournament, which I entered a GOAT level podcast in again. Just take that L. Probably going to just take that L. Going against So Horrified, who I plan to collab with. I'm going to at least ask them. If they say no, fine. 
if they say, yeah, all right, let's do it. We could collab. We could do a home and home. You come on. You come on my show. I come on your show. Uh, hey, let's see. I mean, we we kind of different, okay? I that's a married couple who do a podcast together, and I'm single, and I think it's gonna take a miracle for me to get married. And I talk about sports. It's mostly a one man show, and they talk about horror and horror movies. And you know what I'm saying? I I checked out the show. I need to check out another one. You know, I I check out these podcasts while I'm playing video games. So. Some some stuff I, I catch and some stuff I don't. That's just how it is. Anyway, Lakeshore Live podcast inspiration. Top five Madden players for me. Honorable mention. Let's start with honorable mentions. Miles Sanders, Madden 20. Earl Thomas, Madden 21. Put him on my online team, online Washington team. He killed it. Tom Brady, Madden 08. Uh, Chris Johnson, Madden 11. Chopper City Juke. Every time he scored. Ray Lewis, Madden 05. Terrell Owens, Madden 05. Coming in at number five. Peyton Manning, Madden 06, Madden 07. Hey, remember where his QB vision was like the whole field? I love playing with Peyton Manning. It was so easy to play with him and so fun. For real. Yeah, man. Especially, I remember coming home from school in 07. Last day of school. I was able to play the game again, and I turned on, and I picked the Colts, and I just ran through the Saints. <laughs> but anyway, man, he's fun. He was fun to play with on 06, 07. Lane Johnson, Madden 20, only because every time I ran toss sweep, he punished whoever was in front of him, and I loved it. He was the reason why I, I just I, – I, I could run the ball – on the outside, because he would just punish any DB. It was over. So Lane Johnson, Madden 20. Uh, Jerome Bettis, number three, Madden 05. And then his reincarnation and Superstar KO, Madden 21, where I just run over people and stiff-arm people. <laughs> I, put a, I put a clip on Goat Level Twitter of him stiff-arming somebody and scoring. Like, dude is like that. Maybe he's just my spirit animal or something, man. I just love using him in Madden. Uh, Randy Moss, Madden 08. Straight go all day. Tom Brady to Randy Moss. I enjoyed that. I get the easy 200 receiving yards every time I played the Giants. It's just fun. And number one, Donovan McNabb, Madden 03, Madden 04. He was my number one answer for Vic. On Madden 04, every time someone chose Vic, I chose the Eagles. I gave up a ton of yards and points, but on offense, nobody can stop my air raid attack with Donovan McNabb, and he can run too. And then Madden 03, I was killing people with Donovan McNabb because he was a dual threat. I used him as a dual threat, passing and running. He could take off down the sideline, a wrap. He fast as hell. He not Michael Vick fast, but he was fast. Don't forget. All right, so that's the top five Madden players that I've used. Here we go. And this is inspired by Twitter. Because someone said on Twitter, they asked if 2020 was the worst year of their life. And I was like, no, hell no. As crazy as that sound, I said, no. I said it's number three on my list. And I was like, what would that be like if I actually made a list? And uh, here we go. I, I did write notes, but I'm like, uh, I don't feel like pulling up the notes right now. But 
top five worst years of my life. But number five, 2014, that's when I started grad school. Just had a lot of trouble with the job market and dating and self-confidence, self-esteem, mental health down the drain. Grad school was tough. And, you know, 2014 wasn't that great for me. And 2011, number four, grades was awful. Grades was awful. I quit football. I gained a bunch of weight. Yeah, what wasn't one of my best years. Number three, 2020, you already know COVID. Kobe died. Chadwick Boseman died. Rest in peace, JR. Someone I looked up to at church. Fuck COVID. (laughs) Uh, I got COVID. At least I beat COVID. And that's why 2020 is not like number one or number two on my list because I beat COVID and I had a nice Jamaica trip and I had a good confidence boost through Lyft and just, you know, regrouping and spending time on myself and getting motivated and getting motivated to do something with GOAT level and grow GOAT level. And that's why I finished the year so strong. You know what I'm saying? Also, what sucked about 2020 is me getting hurt and me not being as active. That all sucked. But at the end of the day, I'm blessed. I got through it all. And God got me through it all. And we here, man. We here in 2021. And I'm ready to set the path on fire. Uh, Let's see. Number two worst year is 2015. Uh, Once again... During grad school, didn't feel that great about myself as a person. Uh, Grandma was sick, and she looked awful. Cancer was killing her, literally. She died in in September, and that was a huge blow because that was probably the closest relative I had outside of my mom and dad. So that that one hurt. And you know what I'm saying? You know, OU losing to Michigan State. I mean, sure, they made the playoff, which kind of made up for all the bs that happened that year yeah man that was a rough year Uh, of course number one as i said 2016 the job market uh, the mental health thing me saying i'm not gonna live past 25 like all that stuff was awful bro me not being excited about graduation man it was just the worst man (laughs) it was the worst and growing pains as a referee in basketball and football Cause I was just I was just starting out, outside of intramurals. I was reffing for real now, so that was tough. And it was just a rough year. And then I finished the year unemployed. Didn't really have any money. Just off. Just just my referee money. It was rough, man. It was rough. But once again, got through that, and it springboarded me into uh, two of the years that on the top five best years of my life. Top five best years of my life. Uh, number five, 2003, that that was a superstar fifth grade year where I got all these awards and had all these cool friends and my teams were in the conference finals and stuff. And it was cool, man. It was great. 2003 was great. Enjoyed the Super Bowl. Not really enjoyed the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, I did. No, I didn't because the Buccaneers beat the Eagles and then they blew out the Raiders. That's probably the only thing that really sucked about 03. And then, you know, LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony, Malice at the Palace. You know, man, 2003 was dope. 1998, I was a five-year-old. I was a happy five-year-old. I wasn't really getting any whoopings or anything. I wasn't really getting in trouble. 
was playing my video games. I was doing well in school. And it was just fun. I just, uh, every time my dad came to town, we had fun. It was a fun. That was, that was 1998. I was just a happy kid. And then we moved in. And then the end of that year, we moved into the house I'm recording in now and that I've been living in for the last 20 something years. So that was a good year. 2017, I rebounded from 2016 and, you know, I got me a job. Eventually, my mom got me a car. I got to Columbus and saw OU beat Ohio State. You know, the Eagles, the Eagles were doing well and the Sooners were doing well. It was just, that was a great year. I started to get in better shape. It was a great year. Uh, number two, 2018, that's when I started. Oh, and I ran a half marathon in 2017. 2018, started running a little more. I was in probably the best shape of my life. Won a social league basketball title. Was was killing it in basketball. Was killing it in running. I was, you know, fast. I was, I got to about 208 at one point. Now I was dating. That was a hell of a year. 20, and, you know, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. The Capitals won the Stanley Cup. That was, man, 2018 was cool. I don't know what, what happened after that, man. I don't know what why why I started loafing after that or what, what happened to my teams after that. Well, at least the Nationals got better, then they got worse. But, yeah, <laughs> oh, man, it was good times, man. Those were some good times. All right, number one was 2006 because I just felt like the man, especially that first half. When I was in eighth grade, got like 14 awards at graduation. I had a really good group of friends, good at basketball, even though my teams weren't really winning. I just felt like the man. I just had a lot of fun in 06, and I felt great. That was when probably my self-confidence and mental health and happiness was at an all-time high. Now, the second half of 2006, I kind of came back down to earth, but... That was still, you know, the first half of that year was, was I loved it. I was on top of the world. So there you go. Top five worst years and best years in my life. So now let's move on to, uh, all right, some quick takes. Tom Herman fired, and now they got Steve Sarkeesian. He about to get this work. He about to get this work. I know he come from Alabama. I know he used to coach USC. I know he's probably a great offensive mind. He was with the Falcons as well. Whatever. I don't care. He's about to get this work because we ain't playing with Texas. And he might be the next coach. He might be the next coach that wins one Red River shootout game, wins one Golden Hat. He's going to be one and done. He's going to be gone. And then you're going to get another Texas coach. And then we're still going to wax that ass. You're going to get this work. You feel me? Let me get this water. Let me get this water. You about to get this work. You about to get this work. You about to get this work. Anyway. All right. Uh, Jim Schwartz is quitting or whatever. Maybe he got forced out to take time off. And the defense hasn't been as good this year. This was the worst defense under his tenure. Probably wants to spend more time with family and probably stressed from the team just underperforming and he, he's done he's done no more Jim Schwartz in Philly some people liked him some people didn't I appreciate for what he did and he helped bring a Super Bowl to Philly 
So I'm forever thankful. Oh, and uh, Sedano Chara, I think that's his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come from the Boston Bruins to the Capitals. I never thought that would happen, ever. But we got him. We sure up our back line. I'm trying to talk hockey. It's not working. <laughs> anyway, man, I'm so glad we got him. Sound like a, a solid player, and I heard he's a, a workout warrior. So I already like that. So let's see what happens, and hopefully the Caps can actually do something this year. We got to do something while we still got Ovi. Because if not, we're going to rebuild, and I don't know what the team going to look like then. Fact. So now it's time for the hypothetical game of the episode. And this for this hypothetical game of the episode, it is the first annual GOAT Level Bowl between Kansas and Vanderbilt. I don't know if I did Kansas and Vanderbilt before. If I did, well, it's the rematch. Anyway, it's kind of a toilet bowl. But, hey, I always I, – my new dream is to have GOAT Level sponsor a bowl game in real life. But, you know, in this hypothetical game of the episode, they're hosting it for real. They're hosting it. And – you know, they got two teams, arguably the two worst teams in the FBS. If we were going for the best possible matchup outside the playoffs, it would have been OU versus Texas A&M. I would have loved that for a GOAT-level bowl game. But, you know, Kansas versus Vanderbilt is more hilarious and maybe somehow more entertaining. So, oh, my God. So, here, so here we go. So, here we go. I'm looking at it now. So, it looks like... Uh, Kansas start out the gate slow, and they punt. So then Vanderbilt already off the bat, 11 yards for first down. Then they get another first down, and then a long run by Javon Marlowe, and then get another first down, and then another long run by Javon Marlowe, but they have to kick a field goal. So then it's 3 nothing. Vanderbilt, Kansas get the ball back, a bunch of chunk plays, long pass to uh, Daniel Hishaw for 29 yards, and then uh, Kansas runs it in for a score, uh, Daniel Hishaw Jr., uh, now it's 7-3, 7-3 uh, Kansas, so 7-3 Kansas so far, not not too bad. Not too bad. So now, Vanderbilt answers back. Answers back with a run by Kobe Lewis for a touchdown after a few uh, chunk uh, pass plays. So there you go. So now it's 10-7, Vanderbilt. Uh, let's see. Three and out. Three and out from Kansas. Let's see. Three and out from Kansas. And then uh, five and out from Vanderbilt. And then Kansas answers back once again, 17 yards from Jalon Daniels to Vuitton Gardner, 17 yards for touchdown. But then Vanderbilt comes back again with a touchdown. So now it is, if I'm not mistaken, I might have lost track by now, but it is should be 17, yep. 17 to 14 Vanderbilt. No, I'm not kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 17 14 Vanderbilt. So after an interception of Jalon Daniels, 
uh, Vanderbilt scores again, and now it's 24-14. And now this is where this is where Vanderbilt starts to run away with it. They have another good drive with uh, several first downs. They started off with their own 36. And then Ken Seals hits Cam Johnson for another short touchdown. So now it's 31-14. 31-14. And then uh, they score again. Missed the extra point. Listen. Kansas tries to score one more time. And then that's pretty much it. They Neither team really did anything after that. Sarah Fuller kicked all the extra points. And that's it. Uh, Vanderbilt hypothetical game of the episode winners first annual goat level bowl winners there you go vanderbilt 37 kansas 21 and that was a hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode and you know already know that i'm out peace easy thanks for listening to another episode of the goat level podcast Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.